Hey everybody, welcome to Black and White Reviews. I'm Lee. And I'm Lee. No, I'm Chuck. How's it going? Oh, it's Chuck. Okay, <laughs> good, good. I'm glad. I mean, you're, you're right here in front of me. I know I'm really, really tired, but um, whatever. You're not me. <laughs> so, hey. <laughs> so, update on who we are. Just for those who are listening to us for the first time, we talk about stuff in detail. So, anything we talk about, whether it's a TV show or a movie or really anything else... Spoiler alert, gigantic spoiler alert. We talk about things completely as they are. We don't just give little tidbits of like, oh, I like this, and then move on. No, we're going to get into detail about this. So what Chuck and I do is we talk about The Chosen, or at least that's what we're doing right now. So if you haven't seen The Chosen, get on that right now. show's awesome. It's been out for over a year now, and season two, I think, finished wrapping up their filming. I don't know. But anyway, this is episode three. Uh, not to be confused with The Revenge of the Sith, um, when we say episode three, especially nerds like us, um, this is The Chosen episode three. It's called Jesus Loves the Little Children. That sounds very opposite to Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, anyway, so um, this was the first episode I showed my kids because I figured it was the most like, oh, it's got kids in it and they can see how he, how Jesus had a relationship with kids. And I thought that was, that was just, you know, the best way to introduce them to the show. And to, to jump into that, um, during the lock-in in the pandemic, I think it was Dallas Jenkins was actually doing eight days of this on YouTube. So if you find it on YouTube, you can actually find all eight under one thing. And on this episode, he get he's, he actually, he's talking with different people throughout it. He, doing what we're doing here um basically and he says if you ever want to get your kids started in this thing he said start with this episode oh okay um so it was actually pretty cool because i knew you did that and yeah. i was like oh that worked, that worked out well. it works out really really well, well and this episode was a lot shorter than i was expecting it to be mm -hmm. so yeah i think i i'm not sure if i mean i didn't check out the time signature on it the time stamp to see how long it actually was it might not have been so short it's just you're always expecting to see the other characters that we've been watching for so long, and it's kind of like what we talked about in the WandaVision thing, too, right. uh, where it's like, hey, this last episode went through, and you didn't really see much of these characters, so it seemed like the episode just flew, flew by. by. And that happens, and that's either a good thing or a bad thing. Either one, you're so excited and you want to see more, and you're kind of like, oh, I wish there was more. Or it, it really was short. Um, but, I mean, I this was definitely a good episode for them to get into. We went from this to the first episode, and I think it was a lot easier for them to swallow the first episode. We know with Mary and the demons, um, right. and you know, you know, obviously my daughter was glued to the TV at that po point, but she was, you know, excited knowing that it right. was going to get to that other episode. Now I don't know if you realize, but this episode, even though it's episode three, if you count the the the, um, the short episode four, um, but this is actually. They actually kind of rewind back in time. This is pre-Mary. This yeah, well, is pre-episode one in their time frame because he actually talks about... It's happening at the same time as episode. Well, he leaves mm -hmm. and then comes back in the episode. So I thought that was like... Because at first I'm thinking, oh, he's just, you know, talking with these kids, which is we'll get into it. But he leaves and comes back and he tells, oh, I was going to help this lady. And I was like, oh... Yeah, Mary. And it all ties in. It all ties in. So, yeah, it's really, so they did a good job with that. Yeah, it, it all happens at the same time the way that is because we're seeing a lot of what's happening with him and everything else, and then it cuts to that moment. So, yeah, it's it's nice when they do that. I mean, again, they just did that with WandaVision, too. So it's it's really kind of going in order with how we're talking about this. Right. But um, anyway, I mean, the basic... I mean, it's called Jesus Loves the, Loves the Little Children because it's showing his relationship with some kids who are just totally attracted to him and who he is and what he's up to. So it pretty much starts off with um, Jesus just praying in his camp by a fire. There we go. Now, it's funny because I, th I feel like this is the point where it's like I didn't watch it for a while because you don't see Jesus in the second episode, right? No, you do. He, he pops up for dinner. Okay, so this is where I took the break. Yeah. I think this is exactly where I took the break. Because when I got to this episode, I'm like, oh, who's this guy? And then I realized later, I'm like, oh... That must be the Jesus guy. Okay, cool. Like, the Jesus guy. The Jesus guy. Well, the character who's playing, the, 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 the actor who's playing Jesus. I just, because as you said before, his face is nothing like, oh, that's what Jesus would look like. You know, it's not like right. this, you'll never forget this face. Now I won't because if I've seen the whole series and I know how it kind of goes further. But um, 
yeah, I, I I got into it and I was like, okay, so once I understood that the first time, it was like, okay, this is really really cool. I like how they're doing this. That's Jesus. All right, but you get this little um, Abigail. You know, she's just running out to play, and she goes to play by the stream. She stumbles upon his camp while he's away, you know. And while she's there, she's she's playing with his toys. She finds, like, a little toy canoe and stuff like that, and she's playing with her dolly and everything. Um, she goes to almost eat his food, and then she's like, well, no, that's bad. I mean, it's right. kind of bad enough I'm over here, like, touching his knives. and <laughs> I mean, if I saw a bunch of knives like that, I'd be a little concerned. Like, who is this guy? Why does he have a pack full of knives? And He has these packs full of knives, and then there's this giant butcher knife. <laughs> Just stuck in there on the table, table. <laughs> and she completely ignores that one. And I'm like, "Oh, good for her." Like, yeah, she's playing with these little. And at first, my thought was they are, they were really, they look like scalpel knives. Yeah, at first, but come to find out, it's just carpentry set. Right. Um, but she's when she's about to eat his food, there's this giant like modern, like a modern day like eight inch steak knife, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. But she won't touch that. Yeah. What Good was for her? What was the food? It looked like a date or something like that to it, me. It, yeah, it looked like it looked like gigantic blackberries or, or something, something. It, it, or coal. I don't know. It looked like lumps of coal. <laughs> um, Edible charcoal. Coal. Charcoal. It looked like charcoal. Edible charcoal. Yeah, they have that, right? Anyway, um, so basically, Jesus comes back and she takes off. You know, he knows that somebody was there, but. You know, she thinks she got off without being seen. Oh, of course. So it kind of goes back to Jesus. He's building his fire in the evening, cooks up a nice little stew, you know, and, you know, does his thing. And we see Abigail, like, you know, her having her dinner. So we see him kind of side by side, what it's like for him, what it's like for her. Right. What I like about this part, too, is when they're showing Jesus prepping for everything, he's literally what I love about this whole episode with him is he's funny. Yeah. He, he's like, when he's trying to build a fire, he's, you know, mm-hmm. rubbing two sticks together to try to build a fire. Mm-hmm. Um, you see him sweating in part of this and he <clears throat> prays before he goes to bed mm-hmm. in his tent. Um, washes his feet. Washes his feet. Yeah. Which I thought was, yeah. you know, he, they, he, he foc- they focused a lot on what the traditions were then, but for the first time from whatever from all the movies that portrayed Jesus, I they showed his humanity. Humanity. Yeah. And I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, he's just a dude camping out in the woods, you know, like Chilling. doing his thing. Yeah. Right. And and it's you know because before you 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 imagine. <laughs> Like you kept saying about like when Mary's like, his name shall be Jesus. It's not like that. It's just like, name's Jesus. Right. You know, with him, you like you th- you imagine him walking through the woods, just like, not even walking, just kind of like hovering through it because he's Jesus. Just like, ah, right. oh, here he goes. Right. No, he's living on the land, and he prays just like we do, you know, and he washes his feet just like we do. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the point is, he's just a dude, right? You know, and I'm not just not to downplay who Jesus is. It's but no, he was fully man, fully God and fully man. That's the right. whole point. And I think so many people. I mean, it's not downplay, but so many people, when they see a movie with Jesus or they talk about Jesus, he's this like renowned teacher, mm. or this he's solemn and he's proper and he's this. And in this episode, there was. Not to skip ahead, but there are so many times where he actually he pokes fun with the children. Oh yeah, like oh. he calls them out. Like he has fun, and I'm like, wow. The, like it's it's Jesus. Like it's yeah. it's not like okay. Um, the I think that's what that's what it is too. Is when you talk when you see the rabbis in the episodes, um, they're trying to portray what they think God is all about. Seriousness and. Incense yeah. and, and this and that. Gold. Jesus is like, no, I'm just a dude playing a dude. Yeah, and and again, that goes back to that. That goes back to who Jesus is and who we're expected to be to follow along. We're not expected to be super serious all the time, but we're also but we're not expected to be, um, like we're not we're not going to be fools. 
Right. You know, but we don't have to be so stern and serious. That's the whole. There's a, there's a balance there. Hence, in scripture, where it says, "There's a time and a place." Yeah. For everything. Mm-hmm. Time to have fun. Yes. Time to cry. Yeah. And he he really portrays that in here too, because he there's a time for everything, and he goes about that in this episode very. I thought they so far. Every episode has been my favorite episode so far. This one was so simplistic. There wasn't a lot. It was kind of like watching The Shepherd, where mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot going on, but there's so much depth to it. There's so right. much meat to it, and it's it was so good. They did yeah. a really, really good job with this one. I, I'm pretty sure I've watched this episode more than the others just because of the kids. That was like an additional time, and then we watched it again a few nights ago. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's good. I'm really excited to go to get to the next episode because then we start to see him connecting with other people. And because this this is like we've seen him pop up as like oh, the guest of honor. Like, who's this guy? And, oh, here it is. But we start to see a lot more of him as the other episodes come together. Um, yeah, we'll... we'll We'll, we'll talk about that next week. Um, but well, while Abigail was back home, uh, she was having dinner. It was funny because her mom is just going off, not, not so much gossip, but, she, but she's just like, and this is happening and that's happening and all these things are over here. And obviously she's having a hard time because blah, blah, blah talking about like one of her friends. And the husband, like her, he's Abigail's dad, off in is, la, la land. he's just like, he's learned to just like tune it out. And no offense, but that does happen after you're married for a while. There's a certain point where you go, y- y- your your mind says, is this going somewhere where I'm probably going to, where I really need to know this? And then it, it, you do this subconsciously, and eventually you just go, all right, hey, I got to, um, I probably got to go fix the such and such, or maybe I'll have, maybe I'll get some ice cream tomorrow. Like you just go to anything else. And so she's going off and just talking about this. And she's like, so yeah, sh- you should help. What do you think? And he's like, huh? huh? <laughs> <laughs> I laugh. Just, and she's like, what? Like what? Like he to- totally just like out of it. And they weren't, but they weren't making him oafish, which is good. You know, no, they, he was just spacing out. Yeah. They, they didn't. And that's generally what happens. And you see like a sitcom where somebody's talking and then they go, huh? Oh yeah, sure, honey. Like blah blah blah. No, they didn't make it oafish. It was just it was realistic, right? Like not realistic, like oh you know modern movie or anything. But like this, it's like again, it's like a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> again, it was just they're portraying real people, right? You know, sitcoms they 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 kind of caricaturize. Yeah, and they they draw out a specific quality in that person, mm-hmm. um, like in Everybody Loves Raymond. They draw out his voice. I don't know why. Um, and how dumb he can be sometimes. Home Improvement. Tim Allen's an idiot. But then you watch later on in Last Man Standing, and he's this genius of a guy. Um, but sitcoms always focus on one aspect of the character. In this, you're seeing so many characters, and they can't focus on just one character for the whole thing. So I, to me, it's like, oh, since they can't do that, since they can't just focus on one character, let's just make it as real as possible. Hmm. And anybody who's married, wives, I'm guessing, can relate to asking their husbands to do something and their husbands going, huh? And husbands can relate to listening to their wives ask them to do something and them going, huh? Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's just real. And that's why they did such a great job with all of these so far. And I think we said this, you know, three or four episodes ago about keeping the fact that everything has been so real, right, through this whole thing, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it that, well, that's what makes it so good so far. It's simple but real. Right, I totally agree. Um, so we see um, the next day, Abigail, this little girl, Abigail, she's excited to go back over there and check it out. So she brings her friend Joshua around. The brave Joshua, the brave. Hello, Joshua, the brave. Yeah, but um, so she goes back to the camp and they see Jesus there and he's praying before he has his meal and he clearly knows that they're there. So he just messes with them and he, as he's praying and he's like, and if there are two kids that happen to be by, I pray that they will be brave enough to come speak to me. And then he starts making like fart noises 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> and he's like, what sound is that? That's, that's not, not a, a sheep. That's not a sheep. <laughs> that's not a cow. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's him just being a goofball with the kids, and and it's realistic. He's like the cool. He's like the the strange but cool. You want to hang out with him, uncle. Right. And that's the that's the relationship you think of. It's like where he's he's like an uncle to them. Right, and he's not just he doesn't just do it once. He does it. And he two keeps or doing three. it. He's a, he just keeps. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I'm like, is he making fart noises? <laughs> like this. That's what because that's what guys do. Oh yeah. And Jesus was a guy. Yeah. He was he was having fun, and they you know they laughed. They came out. He's like, okay, you can come out now. Like they ha- they hung out. She comes out, and the, you know they have their little quick introduction. Joshua was like kind of hiding back, like who is this guy? Not saying anything. But Abigail is just totally in- excited, and he's like, thank you for not taking any food yesterday, you know. And see, hey, have you noticed that my impression doesn't sound like uh, anybody else? <laughs> it actually, sounds like him. Okay, it sounds like him and not like <laughs> Cheech. <laughs> You caught yourself on WandaVision the other day too. Did I? You were, you were you were talking with Will, and you were like, "Oh, see, I do do it." <laughs> so, anyway, um, but she's asking him questions, and it's like twenty questions, rapid fire. Where do you live? Well, why do you sleep like that? Well, what's this? Where'd you come from? What do you? What, what's your favorite food? Like, are you wearing underwear? Like, just ridiculous. Like, oh, all these questions. How do you Any make money? Qu- yeah. Any you should question. not ask that question. <laughs> yeah. It was just like she asked every single question, and he's just kind of sitting there like, all right, whatever. As she's like, eats all of his food that he offered. He goes, here, you can have some of this now. And she's eating it, asking all these questions. And she's like, and then she just basically turns. She goes, all right, I ate all your food. Peace. Have a good day. <laughs> got to go. I got to go back home now. <laughs> the cool thing was is Jesus was just taking it all in. Yeah. He realized that this is, she's what, eight, nine? Yeah years old maybe and he's just allowing her to be eight or nine years old yep and he's just accepting her for it and i think that is we as parents like i know i do this myself i have a 13 year old and a nine year old two both girls and i have a 18 month old son but there are times where i'm like i have this expectation that my nine year old is 15 and my 13 year old is 20 mm. and it's like i have to rewind myself like okay nope Especially my nine-year-old. She's nine. Right. She's she asks, she literally asks questions like that all uh-huh. the time. Oh yeah. And it's like okay, it's just again going back to the realism of it all. It nine-year-olds do that. Right. And they did a great job with that. They did a great job with Jesus just being patient and taking it all in. Yeah. No, I'm I'm totally right there with you. My five-year-old is basically a ten-year-old. Because of how quickly she advanced, she's been she's been reading books for like <laughs> years, it seems, right. you know. And she, I mean, even just in uh, martial arts, she's been doing it for one year. She just got her first blue stripe on her orange belt already. I'm like, wow, she's oh, like, cool. she's like blowing through. She's got that today. So I'm like, ooh, oh, proud, awesome. proud daddy. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy because she's five. She's five years old, and she's like really smart. So when she does something that's not very smart, you know, it's it's easy for me to just be like, what Why are you doing? Yeah, like, right. what are you doing? And then I have to go, oh, she's five. Like, she's, hmm. Although <laughs> you can have, like, so many regular conversations with her, you have to remember, she's a five-year-old. Right. Most five-year-olds can't, you know. Uh, it just goes to show in this, too, know. how awesome <laughs> Jesus is because he looks at an 80-year-old and he treats them right where they're at. He looks at us in our 30s, and he treats us right where we're at. You say 80-year-old? I'm really confused. What 80-year-old? No, I'm just saying. In <laughs> then he, he looks at kids, and he treats them right where they're at. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I know for me, it's so easy to get caught up in, this is how I act, so I'm going to treat everyone this way. Right, Jesus right. is like, no. I'm going to, and even with this, with all the kids that, finally come around he treats each and every one of them differently yeah so it's 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 really cool to see that relationship and it just it just makes you think better more more like he's just appreciating people Mm -hmm. he's appreciating life he's looking at life through the lenses of love you know just loving it appreciating it and being 
just intrigued and excited, knowing what's to come, knowing who they are, and knowing, you know, that the kingdom will be given to the children, you know, like come to to him with the heart of a child. And <laughs> whenever I think of that term, heart of a child, I think of Eartha Kitt and Ernest Scared Stupid, the heart of a child. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Meak. <laughs> anyway. Um, so Jesus, he makes a lock and key. I thought that was kind of cool just to see like an old lock and key being made by a carpenter. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That that's what, how a key would start. You know, not this little metal thing that we use today with these little jagged things, but it's no, it's this little specifically placed thing uh, made out of wood. Right. Oh, that's cool. All right. I enjoyed that. Um, Did you hear what he said when he finished it? It is good. It is good. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh. it's just every... When he creates something, mm -hmm. it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. Uh, so he wakes up, and we go into, like, a scene from Logan. You know, it reminds me of, remember in Logan where he wakes up, and they're, like, all, they're, like, trimming his mustache and everything. <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing? Get out of here. So Jesus wakes up, and he's like, and he just sees, like, six kids standing right over him. And he's like, you could not have just waited a half an hour? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. And they're like, can we be around today? You know, more questions, you know, while he's trying to get it ready. So he's like, he's trying to brush his teeth in a tiny stream. And they're like, what about this? What about that? And they're all asking him questions now. These six kids, just rapid fire questions, rapid fire questions. Joshua still not saying much. He's like the shy one. Yep. He, yeah, he's he's kind of reserved throughout it, but they're like, are you dangerous? No, I'm not dangerous. Well, no, his his response was, maybe to some. Okay, maybe to some. And then he's like, do you have any friends? He goes, I have a few friends and more to come. You know, where's your house? And, you know, do you have these things? He goes, my father provides everything that I need. It's like, okay. You know, he's really like, what's your favorite food? My favorite food is bread, you know. It goes into why. <laughs> Yeah, and, and he tells them, then he reassures the kids too that he's not dangerous to them. Right. Right. At that point, I'm like, okay, how many? So this is this is the one aspect where I'm like, okay, did this happen? Could it have happened? Again, doesn't go against scripture because it's not fully in scripture. Right. Right. Um. But at the same time, how many people today? use oh I'm not dangerous but they are mm. and I just look at that and go but the thing is though is these children saw him it was his heart that gave it away right you could oh just, yeah you could just tell that he's like I, I'm saying this and he was being honest about everything to some people I am dangerous yep. to you guys I'm not yeah and he was upfront and honest about everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if I he mean, didn't want to answer the question, he would say, "I'm not going to answer that right now. That's for another time." Right. So it's it's cool. I mean, and he asked him at that point, "Like, do you all know how to pray the Shema?" And so they start doing it. They all recite it. They all know it. And he just he's just brought to tears. You know, again at just like the joy seeing you know just the children right. just being there. But you you get. And, and I'm I, even after watching it again, I'm like I'm trying to figure out exactly which emotions are going through him. Like he's he's obviously he's welling up for joy. Um, he's welling up for um, oh you know once this temple is gone, you know I'm not going to see this like this. I'm not going right. to be here to to be this close to this anymore to that level, you know. Because again, he's a man too. Right. So he he does have those thoughts where he's just like ah. Oh, you know, this is so beautiful to see. I don't want to leave this. Right. Knowing that he will. It's the heart of the father as well, too. Right. With not actually physically having kids of his own, um, but then everybody on the, on the earth is kind of, you know, created in his image. Yep. Um, but just to see those kids, to me, I know when I see my girls or my boy sitting there doing something, it, it brings me to that state as well, too. I'm like, oh, right. my gosh, that's my kid. It right, was, like, it was he was proud. He was honored. It was a plethora of emotions all at once. Right, this is what I gathered from it. But again, yeah. it was just him being, like, they did such a good job at not trying to show that he's God. They showed so much that he embodied man so well. Right, and that's what 
makes this whole thing beautiful. Right. That's what caught my attention with the first, with this whole thing. Right. Is Jesus was man. Mm-hmm. Fully God, fully man. And that's and that's what we lose in so many other things that we see. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but even in like the passion, you know, we just see this guy who you're like, there's nobody like that on earth. You know, like you, you can't it was hard to get the humanity. I mean, you see some of the scenes in there and you you might still ball your eyes out at certain scenes and but still, you know, because you're seeing a person go through it and you're right. whatever. But the point is, here you're really, you're you're connecting with him, and right. you're understanding what it meant for him to be fully man as well. And I don't know that this gets me so much more because you you start to relate yourself, you know, you start to relate more to the person, the man of Jesus. You know what it reminds me of? Have you ever seen The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise? A long time ago. A long time ago. <clears throat> At the end of the movie, the because. He gets captured by the samurai, and then they teach. He actually starts to learn their ways, and he be, he befriends the leader of the samurai camp. <clears throat> and at the end, the leader of the samurai camp actually dies, and he goes back to the emperor. He wants to, the the emperor of Japan, and. Because the emp- the leader of the samurai were actually was actually friends with the emperor of Japan, and the emperor of Japan says, "Tell me how he died," mm. and Tom Cruise's response was, "Let me tell you how he lived." Mm. So when I compare like what you just said about the Passion of Christ versus this, the Passion of Christ, I mean, did a phenomenal job showing the last twenty four hours of Christ and how he died. Right. This is actually showing us how he lived, right? And I think that it's when you when you shift that paradigm, when you shift mm. that vantage point, it just that, seeing this, and then I'm gonna guess for me at the end of you know this season to then see the passion of Christ, it's gonna make it that much more real because you're like, oh. This is who this was, right? And that's what they did to him, right? Um, so, this is showing us how he lived. I think that's a really cool way of portraying who he is in this, right? I love it. So, I mean, he's talking about um, as he's talking to the kids. He's saying that he's got much lar- larger job than just being a craftsman and a teacher. He's like, oh, you're a teacher too. Okay, cool. So he's learning. They're learning all these different things, but it's just like everybody has a much larger job than their trade. And this is just a valid thing that like should be declared to the world right now, so people get it. Like, but everybody has a much larger job than just their trade. It's to share God's word and honor father and mother, and to to love God. You know, those are the things. Like, we are supposed to be the light of the world. All of us. Right. You know, that's why we're here. But it's so easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle, the busyness of the world, and just focus primarily on our our security, you know, focus on our job, focus on this, making sure we have money, make sure our 401k is going up so we're okay and all these things. It's like, yeah, but take all that away. If you took all that away, who are you? Right. What are you after that, you know? um, (laughs) What's that... um, I keep thinking about uh, that that line in, in uh, Avengers, and he goes, "Yeah, take take all that armor off, armor off. What are you? He's like a billionaire billionaire playboy th- philanthropist. Like it's like, oh, okay, that's a valid point. He actually uh, did have a lot of things going for him too. But right. you know, um, but the point here is like, take all those things away. You know, what do we have? Strip down to what? What do we have left? Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's that's what we have to figure out, and that's what we all have to recognize in ourselves. But that's not downplaying who we are, you know, because on the other side of that whole thing right there is like God loves us for who we are, not what we do. God doesn't care about our bank accounts. God doesn't care about, you know, how well we're going to be if we retire. You know, God doesn't care about how nice our car is or anything. Um, So actually, he actually touches upon that in this, too, because she asks him, Abigail asks him, you know, what are you making these things for? And he says, well, some wealthy families you know like to have 
nice nice things and she's like yeah we're not wealthy because she shows him his this little fabricated doll that her mom made for her and he's like oh that's so beautiful and she says something along the lines of you know how it would be really good to be you know to be wealthy he goes not in every case Mm -hmm. is it the best to be wealthy um and he actually addresses that with her real quickly saying that basically money isn't everything and I thought that, that was a really good point because even at such a young age, he's sitting there saying money isn't everything. It's a matter of the heart is what he was getting to. Right. And at this point in time in the episode, my humanistic mind goes, because he's teaching all the kids different things as they're having the prayer. Right. What's he having all these kids do while he's teaching them? They're working on all his prayers. <laughs> right. So all of a sudden they're going, How are those spoons coming? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> is that is that string tight? Yeah. Yeah. Keep doing it. And I'm like, huh, child labor laws did not apply then. No, no, of course. <laughs> no. That was the fr- I'm like, my mind is going, child labor laws. And Jesus is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny? So I was recently thinking about this and just talking about where I am in missions. Because when people think about missions, like, oh, we should all be involved in missions. All of us. As Christians, we should all be involved in missions. But people take the word missions and say, oh, we should be, like, out on the streets, saving the, the, the crackheads or out, out going off to Haiti. You know, that's like, oh, Haiti. Ooh, you say Haiti. Oh, you're going to Haiti or Brazil or, like, oh, oh, that's it. That's it. They're doing what they need to do as part of the mission. No. That's a segment I mean, of it, but it's not Yeah, but, I mean, thing. the whole thing is Jesus said, like, you know, go you know, and make disciples go and do these things. But he really meant, like, as you go. Right. As you're going. So if you think about that, what he's doing with them is he's, as he's going, right. he's teaching them. And it, and it hit me, like, a, a week or two ago. I was going through first principles talking about that, too. And just I was like, well, where, where's my part of the mission? And I really have a heart for some of the younger men who don't have, like, father figures in their, in their life as much. And I'm like, oh, man, they're like, having that sense of, like, you know, an older brother type feeling like, oh, I could, I, you know, I could really help, you know, like, disciple these kids, and that'd be really cool, you know. But I'm looking at my time. I'm like, I've got zero time. I'm like, well, I've got things I'm doing. I could always invite them to come do it with me because guys do together. Right. Women can you know they have to have that talking time like let's face to face have some coffee together and it's been okay I've, I've actually i got out and had coffee with your dad your dad's a great guy to talk to and it was actually a nice time but that's not normal for me if i wanted to go hang out with my dad and we sat there at a coffee place looking at each other drinking coffee it's weird it would be super weird and it's funny because i was actually reading another a good book um love and respect mm. and he actually goes into it he said that they did they had a couple different groups of men and women at different ages, and it was funny when the men and they they did kids, young adults, teenagers, and older adults, and it held true without the women. And they had chairs in each room, and they sat them side by side. The women would adjust the chairs to. <laughs> All right. Just for anyone, as you're trying to have a conversation with Lee and he's scratching his head with what can only be described as a whisk that is broken on the top. Uh, <laughs> this is very disturbing. Sorry. I didn't think I would distract you. This is quite humorous. No, I'm good. You're going to have to try it. <laughs> no, I'm all sad. <laughs> you you were saying? Sorry. Well, in this study, the women actually had to adjust the chairs, and they adjusted them so they were facing, uh, so they were facing each other, and the men kept the chairs side by side, shoulder to shoulder. And the study actually proved that the men got to understand each other more than the women did because in the process of them doing whatever they were doing shoulder to shoulder, right. Not only were they finding out more about each other um, through conversation, they were finding out more through what they were doing as well, too. Right. And they even said that coffee shops 
perfect example. They have mm. round tables at coffee shops. Right. Not at restaurants primarily. Mm-hmm. Coffee shops. And who do you see in coffee shops for the most part? You don't see men. No. Going to you, you see a man at a coffee shop picking up a coffee to go. But nine out of ten times, you're not going to see two guys at a coffee shop chilling out, having their mocha lattes with the skinny foam or whatever else it's called, and having four-hour conversation. <laughs> whatever. It's a venti. <laughs> it means large. <laughs> no, it means 20. <laughs> That's a great line, by the well, way. Yeah, no, it was a great movie. Um, <laughs> but you don't see men in coffee shops primarily. I mean, you doesn't excuse that some men do it. Um, but probably you're going to see women at coffee shops sitting across from each other having conversation. Men mm-hmm. will sit outside. Yeah. And do whatever. Yeah, I mean, doing a project together with somebody, you learn a lot. You know, I'm I'm a conversationalist while I do things. Right. So as we're working, I could be talking about things. So, for example, like Brandon, he came and helped me out with some plumbing stuff. And I learned more about him in the, you know, hour or two we were there than the past six years I've been around him. And I'm like, wow, you know, we're doing stuff together. We're talking as we go. He learned about me and my past. I, I learned about him and his past while I was learning how to do plumbing better. Right. You know, I'm like, oh, this is cool. So we're both doing it, and it was amazing. It wasn't awkward. We weren't trying to put on a show or anything, which I it tends to happen when you're doing that face-to-face, like, oh, really? Oh, that's so nice. Well, how about blah, 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 and then whatever. But no, it's it's nice to have that side-by-side kind of working with people right. thing. But Jesus does address this in here, too, because you see him doing things and teaching them as they're doing things. But then they're also sitting there in a classroom setting as well, too, just face-to-face having... So he's kind of he's kind of doing... Both sides. Both sides of mm-hmm. it to capture everybody there. And this is, and even in these conversations, it's where he kind of gets um, a little facetious at times, mm. sarcastic, and he's, like, yeah. poking at the kids. Yep, and yep. Does a really good job with it. And he... he and it, for someone like myself who's sarcastic, learning to be sarcastic or even facetious in that way, like he was being, um, and doing it with with a positive light behind it, you know, it's a skill that I ah Joshua with the brave speaks up. You know, he's finally starting to come out of his shell a little bit. Right. And then you know the whole joke where um, Abigail doesn't even go to school. And she knows more about, you know, yeah, scripture. Who leads into the question. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, just back and forth. It was funny because after they have that whole thing, too, when they're discussing, all the kids are leaving and they're talking together, this pack of kids. And, you know, they're like, maybe he's a murderer. <laughs> maybe he's this. Like, why? I mean, why would he be a murderer? Like, well, it could be this. Like, you don't know. He could be a murderer. And then you get this little girl who is the most American character in here. And my, my wife pointed out, she goes, Where'd this little American girl come from? She's like, there's no accent. She just, like, does not look like she belongs there. And she's like, maybe he's a prophet. You know? Okay. So she's basically, like, coming back and saying, maybe he's this. Maybe, like, she almost wants to say, but not dare. Maybe he's the Messiah. Like, you know, whatever. And they're like, no, no, they said there's no more prophets. Okay. You know, they're like, yeah, no, he's supposed to be a military leader. Like, right. all these things. It's like, oh, again, again. Well, even this. Jesus says it's not going to be a military. He says that in the seminar. Which he gets into. Yeah, that's right. the whole thing. So and it was, uh, what was the rabbi's name they keep addressing? Rabbi, um. Josiah. Josiah. Rabbi Josiah. Yeah. But there, so they have this, this relationship montage afterwards where they're just walking through the rain about to go fishing. And I, I. I really like that because you know it wasn't fake rain. They just shot that and said, hey, it's raining. Maybe we should, like, reschedule the shoot. They're like, no, it rained there, so let's just do it. You know, so they're walking through, and they're getting ready to fish in the rain. He's teaching them how to pray and such. And then, you know, it kind of shows him alone at night and then tending to his wounds and praying, and then they kind of go back again, and then, the, you know, the kids are working on stuff, and they're singing together. You know, he's singing singing it, and then they follow along, you know, repeat after me. And it's it's just, it's cool. You know, then they get into this whole conversation at one point where he's talking to kids, and he's like, oh, well, so-and-so did this to me, so I did that, and I, and I, and I punched him or something. When the kid pushes him down. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And that's why you got in trouble. 
Yeah. He's like, well, why? The eye for an eye. And he goes, ah, but, you know, and I, I mean, who are you? You're not a judge. You know, that's not your place to do it. And he's just like, okay, well, Rabbi Josiah said, he's like, but, 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 but mama said, it. mama said, <laughs> the kid just kept coming back with, but Rabbi Josiah said, you know. And he has a really good job where he still upholds honor for the position that Rabbi Josiah, he goes, exactly. he's a good man. He goes, but not all good men are wise. Right. And he's not using wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really? Okay. Yeah. So he he did a really good job at bringing correction where it was needed without dishonoring the position. Exactly. Or the man in the position. Right. Right. And that, and that's that's huge. Um I mean even just in parenting, right? You know, as, you know, you know, in in a marriage, you know, in your or you know, a relationship you're parenting your kids, you don't want to say well, daddy's wrong, and he did that. It's like, oh, no, no, no. That, the last thing you want to do is basically tell your children that the other parent is wrong because you you're, cause you're dishonoring them. You're, you're taking them down. You're uh, destroying this authority figure's image in the kid's eyes, and that's where they lose respect, and right. that's where there's a big confusion. And unfortunately, you know, if you've been through divorces um, and seen stuff like that, you have a very distorted view of what a marriage should look like because you're not seeing people honor each other. Right. Um, now, what if I wanted to correct your kids? Could I tell them things about you? No, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> but then I'm. But it's not like it's my wife; it's you. Uh huh. So I mean, you could do it to my kids if you want. I know. Okay. I know. Growing up, my dad, I was also a terror, and, <laughs> and my dad would tell his friends, "You know, you can beat on them. Just don't have any marks that show." Yeah. Okay. I was like, thanks, Dad. That's why you're always wearing hoodies and, like, you know, long sleeves and everything. Yeah. I'm, that makes I'm, sense. I'm battered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I get beat by my uh-huh. father. No. It's it's true, though. They even, they even say that, like, when you're, no, I'm not scratching my head with that thing. <laughs> We need to redo different times for doing this podcast because anything past nine thirty is getting ridiculous. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, this is like heaven. <laughs> That's the closest thing I'm gonna get right now. <laughs> That's not saying much. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying you're battered. Um <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, caveat at the beginning of the episode, this is how we talk <laughs> real life. This Dude, is how every conversation just, just close happens. your eyes. Don't look at me. This is... <laughs> I'm going to sit here patiently waiting for... No, just, just go. You were saying... Now go. I don't know what I was saying. I was rudely interrupted by you scratching your head. <laughs> you scratched your, Okay. Eye for an eye. You know, you're all to be special and act differently than others. You know, he, he basically, they were like the whole Rabbi Josiah said, to leave him, lead him against the Romans and he'll be a great military leader. And nothing in Scripture says that is basically what he's saying. It's like the script, Scripture does not say that he will be a military leader. Right. We just assume that. In which... You know, further goes into the point, like, it's very easy for us to assume things because, I mean, what else would that mean? You know, oh, well, that means he'll do this because he's going to lead us out of this. He's going to defeat the Romans or whatever it is. But it's like, no, no one ever said he's going to come out there with a sword and start smacking people. Right. At least not to that degree. I mean, there's going to be a double-edged sword in his mouth and all that stuff. That's a whole different thing. But, no, the whole point is um, he's saying nobody really said that. But the whole point that he was getting at was justice you know god loves justice you know so why are we fighting for our own justice let me ask he but what i love about this is as he's teaching them he's asking the questions in this area and allowing them to answer so they can actually hear themselves he's like so who what he even says what does scripture say that who who gets vengeance and they all go vengeance is mine as in right the lords right yeah no it's a, it's really it's really valid and what was cool is every time joshua would 
open his mouth and give an answer. Yeah. He was spot on. Spot on. And Jesus was like, Joshua the Brave. Like, yep. My boy. <laughs> he, it was like, it's like he, he it's almost like he, if he was 20 years older or 10 years older, mm-hmm. Jesus would have just, he would have been a ment- he would have been mentored by Jesus for, for a longer period. Oh, yeah. Of time. Like he would have been one of the disciples, just like, here we go. Right. Yep. Um, and it just shows that even though he was kind of the, the, the odd man out, for lack of better words, Jesus didn't see him that way. No. He saw him special and unique in his own way as he did everybody else, as he did Abigail, um, mm-hmm. as he did the rest of the kids. And he addressed them so individually um, and so uniquely and it was one of the things that touched my heart through the whole thing was how he could actually have conversation with each kid at each of their own levels. Right, exactly. Knowing, was, knowing where they're at and, and being able to speak to their hearts still through it, which is awesome. Um, he gets into it later on, too, just bringing up the whole point of justice where he's talking about um, David and Saul in the cave. You know, that was a very good story, yes. Very good story, and it's so f- it still makes me laugh. I don't know if we talked about this in the last one. I feel like this came up recently again, too. Maybe it wasn't you and I. I don't know. I talk about it a lot. It makes me laugh <laughs> when I think that, like, <laughs> the whole everything between David and Saul is comedic to me. You could make You could make a comedy out of their relationship. Here's why. Okay. Saul throws a spear at David. He misses, and then he's like, oh, oh, sorry. And David's like, what the heck, man? Like, okay, you're forgiven. All right. Like, it, it, I don't know if he forgave him right away. It took him like, a while. Yeah, but still, it's like all these things are happening. Like, he keeps trying to kill him, and David's like, all right, well. Well, after, all right. after he has the, the spear thrown out, he takes off into the wilderness. But the, the thing is, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on, and it's just weird to me. But the whole cave thing, like David goes in there and he cuts off cuts off part of his, of his robe or whatever, and he's just like, hey, uh, I, I got this. <laughs> oh, you're cool then. Thanks. Like, it, it's, it's just, it's a funny image to me. Like, he was sleeping. He could have taken him out. And he's like, well, instead, I'll just cut off a piece of his clothes and I'll wave it at him and he'll see. And he but felt it's, bad about that. And he too. felt bad. <clears throat> So, but, you know, that's, either way, the point he's getting at is he could have had justice right there. It was an right. easy opportunity for him to take out somebody who's been trying to kill him so he can pro- so he can actually take over the throne that he knows is going to him because <coughs> that's, I mean, that's the will of God. That was the whole point is he right. was anointed. He was going to be the king, and he knew it, and so did Saul. That's why there was an issue. But, you know, it's, he gets back and just says, you know, the Messiah will be pleased with all of the peacemakers. You know, he doesn't want people fighting for justice, fighting these, you know, these wars and stuff. He wants to see the people, he wants to, to basically lift up the people who are bringing peace, who are bringing light and love into every situation. Right. This eye for an eye stuff. Yeah, it's, it's there in the, the law of Moses, but He's saying, like, that's not everything, you know. Something new is coming, and this is how we're supposed to live. Because these are the people who are going to inherit it. The last will be first. You know, the meek will inherit the earth. Like, all of these things, we get it. Right. But they don't get it. And, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people today don't get it. The kids get it. And the cool thing was, is he even even says it and alludes to how sometimes... The adults that he's talking to mm-hmm. have a hard time understanding things, and he goes, "If they only had the heart of a child like you, where they would under, it would be so much easier to understand." And a few times in Scripture, Jesus actually says to have the heart of a child, because mm-hmm. it's just you see these guys—they're so light-hearted. They just there's no—they don't worry like we worry. They don't have the cares of the world like we do well that's the thing and i I think that's what makes things easier and it will it makes me go man i wish i i um chased after a relationship with with christ when i was a kid because i could have had more of that relationship and had less things interfering right like man as a kid i would have thrown myself into his arms and just like rolled with it you know and like oh and then use that as the foundation to kind of build on now i'm trying to find a way to work that into my life (laughs) which is hard because how do I be a kid when I'm an adult? Right. Yeah. 
you know, but, you know, it, it's a whole, as you said, like, it's a paradigm shift where you have to sit there and say, okay. But I think well, what it, yeah, we can. I think the biggest paradigm shift though, that he was alluding to that he doesn't actually say in this, but it gives, even with their conversation, he's a prophet, he's a murderer. He could he be a murderer? Could he be this? Could he, could, the I think the part when he's, it's not said, but if you read between the lines, is the level of trust that these kids have. Mm. As adults, we are we, we're skeptical. Mm-hmm. We question everything. Right. You know. We're told to. We're told to. We're taught and to. Even in this, the kids, are, there's no fear. They're not freaking out. They're right. engaged. They're 100% there. They're mm-hmm. trusting him as if they've known him forever. Right. And I think that's the one thing, too, is Jesus is constantly there saying, I want you to trust me the way these kids trusted me. Right. I want you to chase after me and be there every morning and spend the day with me the way these kids. They went about their own business, mm-hmm. doing their thing. They, they helped him out. They, they learned. They were at school. They were doing their thing. <clears throat> they weren't just sitting by, you know, in and there's nothing wrong with being in prayer meetings, but you have some of those prayer meetings where they that's all they do is pray. Yeah. They're not going and doing and being and they're not, you know. And Jesus is saying, no, I want you to go and do mm-hmm. while you're being with me. And that's exactly what they portray here. That's why, and I know this is strange, that's why I really like work nights. You know, when we're helping out the property and we're connecting with each other and stuff like that. Again, it's it's how I've I've had the best relationships and com- uh, just right. communication. Um, a couple years ago, my wife and I, it was our anniversary, and there was a you know property cleanup. So we brought our tools with us. We went down there. We spent our anniversary helping beautify you know the church property, and it was it was actually one of the best anniversaries we had. We we um, no arguments. You know, we actually had a really really good time just doing something together. Didn't hang out together at all. Great, no arguments. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I, I think it was a matter of two. Like you know, we knew the kids were the kids were being watched. I don't know where they were. Um, <laughs> I don't remember where they were. <laughs> I think I knew where they were at the time. <laughs> I don't know where they were. <laughs> little little caveat there. I have no clue where my kids are right now. Um, no, yeah. so at, at church though, when we're inside the building, mm-hmm. I'm like, where's my girls? Yeah, well. I look around. Oh, okay, there they are. Because well. you're with family. Right. Community, you're with family. You know that it's like when you're home, if your kids are in, unless when they're younger, you go, okay, they're way too quiet. Oh, yeah. Why are they? It's, if you can hear them, all is good. No, well, if okay, they're yes. If it's dead silent, cause I know with my son, if, if it's dead silent, there's he's doing something. Oh, yeah. No, definitely with your kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely with my kid. <laughs> definitely with your kid. But no, I think I think my three-year-old's in the same boat there because today I went upstairs and it was like, you know, I was working for most of the day. I, I got a bunch of work done. I was like, oh, I was pretty much down here just all day. Um, just so you guys know, I'm in my garage. My garage is where I am 80% of my life. I work down here. I play down here. I, I read down here. Uh, sometimes I'll, I mean, today Chuck came in, I was playing a game down here. It's not very often that I get to sit down and just play a game, but anyway. Um, what? Nothing. Okay. But I go upstairs after being down here most of the day, and there's my daughter. She took an entire package of the 3M, like, hooks. I don't know where any of the of the adhesive pads are. I'm like, that's the expensive part. The hooks are whatever, but... Uh, they're probably somewhere all over the walls and <laughs> in in the, in the toilet. Like <laughs> the toilet lid won't open because she adheses them together. <laughs> but but she's and it's funny because I mean and she's in the same spot where like I I'd come upstairs and she's just peeling the paint off the walls and I'm not kidding, literally peeling the paint off the walls in the hallway. There's a big chunk of hallway that's missing paint because she just found one spot and just picked it and picked Scratch it and picked it until it was gone. I'm like, what are you doing? It's and like, why can't when the when the kids are causing trouble, they're so focused on this. Oh yeah. When you, when you want to do something, they can't focus on anything else until they're quiet and they're and it's like, can't they be quiet and read for an hour? Mm-hmm. Nope. But they can be quiet and they can peel paint off of a wall. For 
Well, that's the difference between t- different kids. I've got one kid, my five-year-old, will sit there for hours reading her books. They'll be all over the floor, everywhere. Like, her entire room will just be books. You know, you think, like, my f- your f- the floor is lava. No, the floor is books. Everything is books. Right. And she'll be sitting there. She'll be quiet for ever if you don't say anything. She'll just be sitting there reading. The, o- the other one will be ripping the pages out of those books. <laughs> book number one, book number two. And you walk in, and you're like, what do you do? <sighs> going to walk away now. I'll come back later. Anyway. Breathe. Breathe. So, anyway, um, when he's talking, they're like, oh, where were you earlier today? You know, he's like, oh, well, as you were saying earlier, he's like, oh, there was um, somebody, a woman. She had many issues, and she needed my help, and I, I had to go spend some time with her. You know, like, okay, we see where it ties in. That makes sense. That's why we're having a whole episode not showing those people anymore because this is what was happening. Behind the in, scenes. In behind the scenes, in right. between. So um, they're talking about just all the things that are going on. You know, you got to talk to these people. What if they don't like you? Well, he's like, well, many won't like me, you know. And um, they start getting into the whole thing about, like, well, why are you here? You know, what is, um, you know, what is your reason for being here? And he's like, okay. And he, and he basically prefaces it and says, I'm only telling you this because, you know, you know you're young, you'll, you, you know, and, you know, you, you seem to understand what's going on to this degree. Um, and then he kind of drops the bomb on them, which is, um, he, he just kind of quotes directly from Isaiah 61. Uh, do you have Isaiah 61 there, Jeff? I do. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Isaiah 61, 1 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has chosen me. He has commissioned me to encourage the poor, to help the brokenhearted, to decree to decree the release of captives and the freeing of prisoners. Right. So he says that, and they, um, who, who was it that recognized it? Was it Joshua? Who's like, oh, that's Isaiah. Yeah. yeah. Clearly, like, you just quoted that. So they were just like, oh. He's like, <laughs> he's like yes, Isaiah. Yeah. It, so. It was the way, I just, I don't know. I go back to every time it's, he just he compliments each kid not verbally when I say compliments like he he just he can he can meet each person he's affirming them exactly how they need it right and he does the best at the very end of this episode when Abigail comes back Mm mm-hmm so she comes back to the empty camp. And he's gone. You yeah. see a couple of different sites where there were some campfires made. Well, before this, is after he says all this, you see him doing some stuff at night, and he's whittling a few more things because what's cool is in the beginning, he's asked if he's a carpenter, and he says, well, I'm a craftsman. Right. So he does a little bit different things besides just strict carpentry. Um, and you see him working on some stuff at night, and he's – you know, scraping out well, like a box of some sort, and he is whittling down some things and sharpening some. He was sharpening some sticks, and you're like, you don't see what he's making, right? And then you see him writing, basically, with um, a piece of burnt wood. Mm-hmm. I think it was burnt wood because he's using the the black ash from the wood to write on right this. Tablet. Wooden, tablet, wooden tablet, wooden tablet, and he lays it down, and then she comes back the next day, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. But then you see this, almost like a, these two, they look like miniature Trojan horses. Yeah, well, it was it was a it was a, it was a stable set, stable set, like a doll doll set. dolls. Yeah, and he says, Abigail, I know you know how to read. And that's so cool is yeah. he, he's like, I know how smart you are. And he goes, and having good things isn't just for the wealthy. Right. And he basically made this thing for her um, and created this. And the, So my question at that point, this is literally what I asked myself, is as the mom or the dad, as the parent <laughs> – one, your child, because we didn't talk about how two or three times episode, she actually asks her mom to go to the stream. Mm-hmm. And her mom's like, no swimming and after your chores and do all of this. Now, after 
a handful of days, probably a good week's worth, of going and doing this. And then at the end of the week, your kid brings home this stable set. Mm-hmm. And she had it's basically a dollhouse. Yeah. Like today's dollhouse. And your mom goes, where did you get that? Well, some guy made this. <laughs> like, yeah. What would, what would mom be thinking at that point? I mean, dad in this case would be spacing out, and mom would be like, <laughs> "What's going on?" Yeah. And yeah. Or did I mean, she just leave it there and then go back there and play with it every day? That's what I thought she did. I kind of saw that as like that's her place that she'll just go to play when she goes out now. You know what? That's actually a great visual. I just I just now thought of this. It's her place where she goes back to spend time with Jesus. Right. That's that's what I imagined. I didn't go to, like, she's going to bring it home. I think I, I it was like a brief uh, fleeting thro- thought in the beginning, but I'm like, oh, she's just going to keep it there. Right. You know, why not? She likes to go out there anyway, so. Right. Actually- it reminds me of a, of a place. It's just, think about this. Um, when you were a kid, was there a place that you like, you'd like to go to with your friends? You know, a place out in the woods or whatever. And it just became, like, your favorite place to go. Right. You know, we found a house, and, I mean, this was maybe brief, we found a house that was, like, gone. All that was left was a fireplace, like, just, like, bricks around a fireplace. We found that one day, me and my cousins and some other neighborhood kids, and we that was, like, our, our hangout place until somebody was like, hey, get off this property <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. Or we're like, oh, well, that was fun yeah, while it lasted. But, yeah, it was, it was like that was our place to hang out, you know? Old house burnt down or whatever, just gone. And, oh, this is our place. So even though... Um, we could have, you know, hung out anywhere else. That ended up being the hangout spot. You know, it's not like we couldn't go to our, to my cousin's house, which was a block away. Right. Now, we had plenty of, of opportunities, but there's that, like, that little getaway place. So I imagine that was what she had. And I think it's really cool, too, because even, you know, one of the things that we didn't do last week, but um, really want to get into doing it more and more is the invita- the invitation of, what Jesus is trying to actually do um, in this, what they're trying to portray Jesus in as this, this whole mission, um, and what our goal is too, not only to share what's going on this season in this, in this, um, this TV show, but to really just point out the fact that in all reality, Jesus is actually calling us to that place where he can sit and talk with us while we're working, talk with us while we're fishing, talk with us while we're eating, talk with us while we're doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, like we've been saying this whole thing, this whole episode, he wants to meet us where we're at. He wants to meet you, the listener, all you people listening right now, he wants to meet you where you're at. Um, whether you're driving in your car listening to this, whether you're sitting on your couch or laying in bed or doing whatever, going for a walk. He wants to meet you where you are at, like he did each of these kids. Yeah. Um, And he wants to teach you from wherever you're at, like he did with each of these kids, whether you're Abigail. And he knows that you are so smart, even though you don't have education. Or you are Joshua the Brave, who speaks out, even though you are terrified to. Right. Um we all have our quirks we all have our downfalls we all have our strengths and god knows and jesus knows each and every single one of those and yet still loves you still loves us and he still wants to meet you in that special place like he did with abigail Mm. um and for her to receive what would only be an elaborate expensive gift then right you know what elaborate gift is he given us today? Eternal life. And he wants to give each and every one of you eternal life as well, too. So as you're going through this, this, um, this I won't call it a television show, but it's not. It's online only. Um, as you're going through this series, series. Um, really keep in mind and keep in heart where God is talking to you, how he's talking to you. And when you hear that knocking the door, when you hear that tug at your heart, respond to it. Because he is calling out to you um, and telling you 
that he does love you and he wants to be there with and for you. So that's my that's my end of the episode invitation to taking that step of faith with Christ. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Tuning in. We say it like it's a radio show or something. Like, tuning in. It's just a term. Uh, but We do apologize for the wacky... It's. I'm so tired today. I don't know. I may or may not just cut that out. We'll see. <laughs> no, leave, leave it in. Leave it in. Just because the I, ten seconds of silence because you're watching me scratch my head. <laughs> well, I just want people to realize that the the cool thing is is that we're not editing this to the point where it's you know it's perfect. Um, and you said in the beginning that you this is how we this is how we talk. This is how we do things. Yeah. And this is if we weren't on air right now, this <laughs> is how we would do things. Right. Um, and I think it's just it's real. So let's. Yeah, me, let's I have I it. haven't done any cuts. I mean, I, I I don't generally. I take this, I throw it up there, and it just comes out when it comes out. No cuts. I can tell your beard is pretty long. It's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah, I, I we'll see what happens. I'm getting ready for the monkey tail. The what? The monkey tail. Have you haven't seen the monkey tail? I've never seen the monkey. If you tail. if if you guys haven't seen the monkey tail yet, just look up monkey tail beard. Uh, just Google it and see what comes up, and then you'll understand. Okay, but hold on. <laughs> I'm going to do you, that real quick. You, you do that while you do that, Why, would you, just so we can hear your reaction. But monkey yes. tail beard, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's um, it's the newest thing, <laughs> and it's 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 just... <laughs> it is... Awful! Sweeping the nation. Don't ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst so, Why would you do that to yeah. yourself? Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Chuck. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye.